0: This is episode 40 of the Coffee Break Podcast. Our guest today is Nick Jordan, and we're going to be talking all things agile, development, and scrum. And if you have no idea what that means, well, that's one reason for you to stick around because it's going to be a very powerful, informative conversation for you and your business. So grab a cup of coffee and join us for the conversation.
1: We got so much to say, we got a podcast to make, we're sipping on lattes. And it's time for a coffee break. It's time for a coffee break. Oh yeah.
0: All right, welcome back. Thank you Nick for being here today. Yeah. Thank and you I, for having me. I am I've been uh, we've been trying to coordinate our schedules for a while and I'm really glad to have you here because I think we've had a lot of really interesting side conversations leading up to this. I think it's going to be very informative for all of our audience uh, when it comes to uh, finding ways to get people on the same page to make progress within an organization. So I'm really right. excited about it.
1: Definitely. I am too.
0: Before we do that, though, there's a, a, a segment called Rapid Fire, five randomly selected questions. And I know you like off-the-cuff cu- off stuff. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're going to throw five random questions at you um, and just to kind of get to know you a little better. All right. What was your first concert that you ever went to?
1: Oh. Fred Hammond, uh, yep. Yeah. yeah. Fred Hammond concert. Where, where? Uh, Tallahassee, Florida.
0: Tallahassee, Florida. What was, uh, what was a big memory from it?
1: Oh man, it was, it, it, Fred Hammond was there. There was a lot of other gospel artists, but, uh, just the big memory was just how crystal clear the sound was in the auditorium and just, I don't
0: know, it was just very impactful. Okay. Yeah. Number two, uh, what is a jingle that gets stuck in your head all the time?
1: <laughs> uh, probably... Probably Jingle Bells, because my daughter sings that constantly. Jingle Bells. Jingle Bells. <laughs> she sings it constantly. It's, like it's not even close to Christmas, but she's still singing Jingle Bells. Oh, that's funny. All right, if you wrote a book, what would it be called?
0: Uh, it would be called Nick Jordan. The, the Story of Nick Jordan. <laughs> the story of Nick Jordan. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, another one of the questions I was going to ask you was, if you had a country, what would you call it? But... <laughs> Uh, now, but that's not going to count towards this. But you can you okay. can you can answer yeah. it as a bonus question. We'll call it agility. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. All right. Uh, if you could eliminate one food forever, never have to touch it again, what would it be?
1: Uh, Brussels sprouts. Really? Yep. Why? I, well, I just I guess that's more so like a childhood thing. Yeah. I didn't like them growing up. I've had them. Pretty good recently um, had some bacon wrapped around them, so bacon makes everything better. Brussels
0: sprouts is making a comeback. It used to be like the bane of everybody's existence, but it's making a comeback. Yeah. All right, who is your celebrity lookalike?
1: Oh, man. Celebrity lookalike. Oh, fell in this one. Uh, Oh, man. I don't think I have one. You don't have one? Yeah. Hmm. Can't think of one either.
0: All right. Uh, and then the last <laughs> one. What was your first job? Walmart. Yeah, Walmart. Was you a cashier. Do? Cashier at Walmart. Yeah. yeah. Really? And that was down where? In, in Florida? Monroe. Yep. Monroe, North Carolina. Oh, Monroe, North Carolina. Uh oh. <laughs> do you know do you, do you know Zach Pfeiffer? No, no, I don't. I don't know. Everybody knows Zach Pfeiffer in Monroe. <laughs> All right, Nick, we're gonna get into the conversation. By the way, you passed score. 934. Oh, okay. So, congratulations. What? <laughs> we have a it's a very refined scoring system okay. for for the rapid fire question. <laughs> All right, let's get into the conversation today. We've got a lot of questions uh, to to chat or to ask and to chat about, but I really want to I guess before we get too far into the conversation, really set a d- definition of, and a parameter around what does scrum mean because uh, if there if there's anybody else that's watching or listening that is anything like me, um, I, I was telling you this story earlier. Several months ago, uh, there was two of our team members, Lucas and Levi, and I walked in and they were standing around drinking coffee and writing things on a whiteboard. And I said, what are you guys doing? And they said, we're having a scrum session. <laughs> it's like One, you just made that word up. That's not even a thing. And two, this is just an excuse to hang out and drink coffee. And... Then a few months later, I met you and I said, "Hey, what are you doing? And you're like, "I'm a Scrum Master." I was like, "Am I being pumped? What is going on here?" Fast forward a few more months, I was talking to uh, one of my buddies from a large corporation, and he said, "Hey, I've been reading about the uh, Agile method and it's Scrum. It's really big in the development world." I was like, "This is because this is a thing like this." So. When when I learned about more of it and we as we were having these conversations, I said this has got to be a relevant topic for our audience as well because it is it's not new, right? But it's starting to get a little bit more I guess recognition outside of the the small pocket of people that have been using it. So with all that said, set us up. What is Scrum? What does it mean um, for the people that have never heard about it before?
1: Yeah, sure. So first, uh, talk about Scrum. We're going to talk about Agile, which is Basically, agile is a methodology that uh, that allows for quick iteration. Um, Really, that's the focus of a quick iteration because you want to deliver value to your customer um, very quickly. You want to be able to adapt to changes within the business. Um, Scrum is a a lightweight framework that supports agile methods. Um, So, within Scrum, it's uh, it's it's basically you're organizing the development team, or it could be. Uh, another type of function or team, but you're organizing them to be able to deliver in a quick fashion. So typically you have a sprint cycle, which could be two weeks, um, is the general terms of sprint uh, cycles. Some yeah. some lengths can be shorter or longer, um, but usually within those two weeks, the team is gonna meet, They're uh, gonna have a daily scrum, <laughs> yeah. what your your coworkers are doing. Uh, daily scrum, which basically gives a touch point where they talk about what they've done previous day, what they're gonna plan to do that next day. and any issues that they're having that they can all challenge or attack as a team. Uh, and then you also have a planning session, which is in the, uh, beginning before you start those two weeks, you're gonna have a planning session. You have a retrospective, which basically you are looking back, how did we deliver that last two weeks and how can we improve uh, moving forward? So it's a the key is is having quick iterations because you're delivering value to your business or to your customers um, every two weeks or every wherever the, the length of the sprint is. Um, and then you're getting feedback, and you're making changes and modifying your plans based on the feedback that you receive.
0: So a Scrum session, in in essence, is the uh, kind of a a structure of a right. meeting. Is yeah. that is that a good way to to describe it?
1: Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's, it's more so the framework for development. Okay, uh, and then within that, and this is a lightweight framework. So within that, there are other um, frameworks that can be added to it, or so, such as a combine board which is basically about visualizing the work so you want to be able to see all the work that the team is doing so you can see where the progress is you can see where help is needed you can see um, are we going to meet the the goals of that sprint um, based on the progress of the team and so uh, so there are other things that you can add to that scrum framework that adds value and and makes it a little bit more robust but but it is a lightweight framework that allows teams to be able to quickly deliver value
0: I want to come back to some of the, I guess, modules or the the breakoffs yeah. of that because I think that from what I understand of it and what the conversations that we've had and some of the things that we have t- tried around here have been uh, a very value add benefit for us to just uh, kind of understand what needs to be processed. So right. I, I want to dive into that a little more. Um, so with that, and we had a, a an episode, I don't re- remember how many episodes ago it was, but with uh, Lucas Ward uh, on our team, and he was kind of describing the difference between Agile and Waterfall. So if you want more information on that, you can go back and check out um, that episode as well and talks about the Agile Manifesto, which is right. is the kind of the driver behind a lot of this. Correct. Um, yeah. and, and as you mentioned earlier, that that was not something that they had the, the the agile manifesto describe what you were talking about earlier the agile manifesto yeah. was not what they were hoping to accomplish it's what they had right. already had seen
1: yeah so it was um the the 12 uh, developers who came together and created agile manifesto they met several times before and but uh, it was t- 2001 and it was it wasn't an aspirational um, document that they were trying to create it was more so a standard of best practices that they they had experienced experimented with and explored and saw how uh to best achieve results within a development team. Uh, and so it's more so just them documenting this is what we found success in and this is where we hope the industry moves forward toward um instead of, you know, we we think this might work. They they, they experienced it um those principles and those practices and we're kind of more so putting together like a best practice for for the industry.
0: So with all that, so your, your, your title is a Scrum Master slash Agile Coach. Correct. So we've, we've kind of given a description as what, what a Scrum session would be and how it yeah. applies into an Agile format or Agile development where we're constantly reiterating. It's right. the always improving. It's is this does this work? Yes, if no, why? What do we do to fix it and, and reassess real quick? What is the role of the Scrum Master slash Agile Coach in that? Operation. What, what is it that you bring to the table?
1: Yeah, so a Scrum Master is working with the development team, and they're helping to coach the development team and ensure that they're developing and they're, they're, they're meeting their goals, they're bringing value, they're working together. So a big um, aspect of, of being a Scrum Master is servant leadership. So you want to be able to serve the team, help them to be efficient, help them to work together as a team, part of what their development team is doing is uh is self-organization yeah um and so um and i know we, we talked about kind of the differences between scrum master um you and i have had conversations about differences between a scrum master and a project manager but it's more so you're helping the team to uh to best do their work and find ways to best do their work together um and so as a scrum master you're coaching the team you're also coaching a role that's called the product owner yeah. um, and the product owner they basically own the requirements for the software that you're delivering or the, the the value that you're trying to bring to the customer they own the relationship of of having a relationship with the customer understanding their needs understanding their what, what's going to benefit the customer and they bring that uh, heartbeat of the customer to the team and share with the team this is what uh, we should be looking toward and going after and the team is going to help bridge the gap by saying well technology we can provide technology to meet that goal so as a scrum master you're kind of helping facilitate those relationships and helping to to make sure that it's an efficient process. And then also making sure that you're helping to drive continuous improvement within that team. So
0: one of the things that I wanted to, and I I feel like we talked about this some in the uh, episode where we kind of deciphered out the difference between Agile and Waterfall. It doesn't necessarily have to live within technology development. It can be, and that's kind of what we had been, been discussing, it can live in any type of operation in your business. It does not have to be technology driven. How are you seeing that come to light? Because that's where it all originated from. But other companies, other uh, departments, are starting to adapt that philosophy as well.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. So, so I'll give you an example. Um, uh, uh, um, uh, executive within um, organizations I worked in before, yep. they lay out uh, a, a retrospective of their own organization. Okay. And part of what they do is when they're rolling out changes, they do it in a matter of experimentation. And so they will they will roll out the change. They'll experiment, they'll see how the change is taking place, what's happening, how effective is that change. They'll go back, they'll, they'll um, do a retrospective on the change and, and determine what adjustments need to be made. And then and then they'll make adjustments as needed. And so when you look at it, even within, a you know, someone who's in, who's over technology with an organization, if they can do that, they're pulling out those Scrum principles. And it's not like they're having a daily Scrum, you know, particularly sure. in that instance. But they're looking and saying, part of it is how can we continuously improve? And part of continuous improvement is realizing that you might not get it right the first time. Mm. So within the two week sprint, we might not deliver the exact thing that the customer needs, but we're, we've invested two weeks instead of two years. And so we can be able to ask the customer, hey, is this right? How can we change it? How can we improve it? How can we make it better? And so that executive, they're, they're rolling out a change, but then they're also checking in and seeing, what's this change effective? Did it achieve the desired results? And if not, how can I improve it? How can I make it more effective?
0: In, in all of that thought process, it requires a, a, a way of thinking, right. the, the ability to, to say, it's okay if we mess up. The, right. It's okay right. to fail uh, because we're going to reiterate and we're going to fix. Right. The conversations that you have with people that don't, that maybe don't see that or don't think that way, how, how are you best, uh, I guess, trying to convince them or communicate why this works and how this works?
1: Yeah. So and, and so, what you're talking about, uh, or what that the principle that we talk about with, within Agile is uh, failing fast. And so, what you want to do is, if you if you want to you want to fail fast because you're not going to get it right. You're not going to be it's not going to be perfect all the time. And so, if you're able to fail and see how you failed, how you haven't succeeded, you're able to quickly then get to the right solution. And sometimes it's better to 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 start something and and understand how you it didn't work versus. Charting a course going for a long distance on a path that's wrong. Uh, so, with with folks that are that are having challenges seeing that, it's just explaining them the, the difference of you know usually if you talk about just the investment of time and um, there there have been you know, for industry that I've worked in within software development and within technology, there are several projects that can span the course of months to years and then don't achieve the desired result. Um, so, helping them to understand. Well, yeah, that didn't achieve the desired result because there was no feedback along the way. Um, and just that within within the agile approach, you're able to get feedback quickly. And so you're able to quickly get to the right approach.
0: So you're you're taking it. The The process has intentional course correction correct. built in. So, right. uh, hey, this is yes, we know this is probably going to fail because we're we're t- still testing the waters when yeah. it does fail. It's more important why it failed less that it failed Right. so that right. you can you know what to fix and, and correct some of the activities associated with with this thought process with agile uh to help kind of understand because one of the things that we were kind of outlining earlier um and i don't want to i don't want to go too far off on on this uh on this rabbit trail but project management versus agile uh coach and and scrum master is is, as you were kind of describing it a project manager is something is is managing a scope that is known Agile and Scrum Master is more so helping to understand a direction and keep people in a direction and adjust, constantly adjusting versus understanding a known scope. Is that a fair assessment?
1: Yeah, yeah. If you look at a project manager, they're looking they're they're managing a project which has a defined start, defined or desired end date, and uh, so they're managing the the time, the resources, the uh, the, the the cost of that project. Um, and they're they're making and keeping track of those things. Um, within a an agile approach or a scrum master, it's a it's a different uh, takes a different skill set. Typically a project manager is gonna be more so about command and control, which is cause they have a lot that they're required to manage and they have a okay. they have the course correct along the way and so forth. And so within a with an agile approach is more about servant leadership. So you're you're more so working with that team and there are there are some elements where you have releases and you have you have timeframes and so forth that you can work within as well. So there's an aspect of that 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 you have to mend, um, but it's more about making sure that the team is effective along the way, and then you're course correcting because within a project you're getting a lot of requirements all up front. Mm-hmm. You're defining what that project is. Typically, there are contracts in place that say you have to deliver uh, a, C, a, B, and C exactly as you articulated it. Um, within Agile, you understand that there are going to be changing requirements. You're, you're welcoming those changes because you want the end goal. You want the customer to be satisfied. And that, that might not have been achieved if you just stuck to exact terms of a contract. So it's it's more about making sure that the customer has what they need and they're, that they're satisfied with the experience that you've delivered. So the way I try to, uh, to, to
0: process a lot of this information is because I, I know a lot of this comes from a development world. Some of it comes from large corporations, large corporate America. And in a small business atmosphere where you may not necessarily have a dedicated scrum master or agile coach all the time as a dedicated role, how, how, what are some of the activities that you could apply in small business that you could say, Hey, thinking this way, Hey, you know, I'm I'm a small business owner or leader. And and this really hits home with me. I I think this is something that we can adapt into our organization. What are some things that can be done, some exercises that can be done to kind of help the team get on the same page and to start thinking this way.
1: Yeah, so one I would say um, retrospective is very. Is, I think is a very pertinent exercise that can be done any size organization. Um, and and what that does is basically as we talked about, kind of within the Scrum framework, mm-hmm. um, we're doing it at, at every two weeks. But with any organization, you can set defined points in time of where you're checking in with your with your um, with your employees to see you know what their experience of the company is how they see company can grow and, and, and produce or change or modify to be able to continue to add value. You're also checking in and, and understanding and having touch points with your customer uh, customer base to be able to see what it is that they need and what and what their, what their goals are. are. we still are you still you know meeting their goals? are you still meeting their needs? Is there something that that's that's out there in the marketplace that you can go and be able to evolve your business to be able to further meet their needs. And so being able to have those touch points, I think is very key and and that's that's a part of the continuous improvement because if you have the touch point you get the feedback then you're able to modify your approach and improve from that feedback that you've received so as you're going through this
0: process and you, you've mentioned sprint multiple times rough definition of that and it, uh, for for if we wanted to try to apply that into a small business atmosphere what is a sprint
1: yeah so sprint is just a time box it's a um, typically with an Agile, it's a two-week time frame. But it could be shorter, it could be longer. But but it's a time box that you are able to, to produce certain activities. At the end of that time box, um, within a software development Agile approach, you're wanting to particularly produ- produce shippable software. So you want to okay. produce, produce something that the customer can use and give you feedback on. So it's just a time box of activities that you're going to have an end result to meet a goal. And that goal, we call it a sprint goal, but it's a goal that you want to deliver that value to the customer it could be a new feature it could be um just you know, whatever the case may be but it's some value that you're delivering to the customer that you want to get their feedback on
0: so uh, so in, in any atmosphere uh product development or not but you're just saying hey it, this is our action items right we've got right. two weeks we'll meet back in two we'll go ahead and put it on the calendar in two weeks we'll come back with whatever producible material content whatever that we have and see where we are and the goal is to have something that is usable even if it's not perfect right so yeah
1: and then with that you have daily checkpoints so that's what we talk about the daily scrum so it's not just two weeks and go and be to yourself and we'll get back to you later but it's it's a it's a daily checkpoint where you're able to say you know are we on yeah, track? yeah are we on track and and it's and it's more so about an update of of you know what you've done and it's not it's, it's more so about what you've done and, and what you're doing the next day and so that that gives awareness to everyone yep and it also you give a touch point if you have an issue you're you're informing the team so that everyone is able to help you resolve that or someone is able to help you to resolve that versus sitting with the issue and then at the end of the the, the two week period or the sprint or what have you you haven't achieved something because you were stuck so there
0: there's i want I want to kind of address this conversation in two ways because uh, before we go on to some other stuff um, one c- creating priorities and trying to understand that and then two having the ability to take some of these concepts and improve workflow. Okay. Right. So these are yeah. two, two totally different conversations. I think, uh, because I get an opportunity to talk to a lot of business owners and they, the biggest thing they have is we're overwhelmed with a thousand things that we want to work on. Right. So understanding how to create priorities. Before we get to that conversation, I want to talk about, um, understanding and improving workflow. So part of this process that, uh, that you're describing yeah. can help, improve workflow for really any position in your organization by doing that from an outsider's perspective and that's been a constant theme on a lot of our podcasts and a lot of our conversations around here so talk through that how a kind of a discovery process happens through through this methodology
1: yeah certainly so so there is a a concept called design thinking Um, and basically that concept you are working with the end user uh, people that you want to impact that you want to be able to deliver something that's valuable to them you're working directly with them um, to be able to see what what it is that they're currently doing what's their current experience what's their current um, flow what are how are they um, getting their work done and you're looking for opportunities to be able to innovate within that flow and you're having them to articulate you're actually seeing it seeing them work through it and then you're working with them to envision new ways of working and you're helping them to think outside of the box outside of what you know, they've been doing for the last ever many years. Um, and then once you get to that place and you see something that could be an opportunity area, yep. um, you can measure those and you can measure and see, well, if we make this change, you know, the, the actual development team, you know, this is the cost. This is the anticipated gain that we'll have from this change. You're able to put metrics around it okay. and see what are the best wins, what are the best best to go after and, and and pursue to be able to deliver something that's going to be valuable to the customer.
0: Number one question that I would think would come back is you bring somebody in and say, hey, we want to help you try to improve your workflow. And you get pushed back. Mm-hmm. I don't need you to help me improve my workflow. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. How do you kind of set that conversation up to explain that you're trying to help them grow? you know, that, that area, that, that department or whatever, or make that position better? W- right. What does that conversation typically look like?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, you ask them if you had an extra two hours out of the week, would that help you? Hmm. And they probably will say yes, you know, or you ask them. That's a hard yeah, one to say no about. Yeah, them. that's a hard one to yeah. say, no, I don't need an extra two hours or, you know. And, and so, basically, if, if, you, if you didn't have to work overtime, um, would that help you you know if you didn't have to work overtime and so, so you you find some way to attribute the value to something that's going to be beneficial to them okay versus you know it's, it's versus just purely what's going to be beneficial to the company yeah because they, i'm or i'm know.
0: just here to disrupt your workflow right, yeah right. So, so yeah finding ways to add the value
1: yeah and i think another part of it is is seeing organizations that help um employees understand that change is a part of the organization continuously iterating continuously improving You know, I've heard some of the podcasts, I heard, you know, one of the ones that you did with Lucas where you guys were talking about the organization and just how you look for ways to improve, you look for ways to change. Um, So having that type of culture Mm -hmm. helps to prevent, you know, those that get stuck in their ways. It's it's natural. People, you know, change is hard, change is difficult. But if you know that that's a part of the organization that we value being able to iterate, we value being able to improve, we value, um, you know, not staying the same because we want to get better. When you value that as an organization, then typically, um, although it can be painful, usually the employees will will want to seek that out.
0: You may have addressed this at the beginning of the conversation, but just for clarification, what's the benefit of Scrum over some traditional methodologies of of process improvement?
1: Yeah, so the biggest benefit is time to market. Um, You want to be able to deliver uh, the value that your customers need at the time they need it versus waiting and, and delivering it off of a you know six month year pro- program or project, where by the time you get to market, it's not exactly what the customer needed. Mm. Um, and I'll, I'll give you examples. So, Was um, it? I worked at Microsoft. Um, we we had a we use um, Office. You know, we, had, we deliver Office software, typically yep. the box software, and we, we still deliver it as a box. Um, and but it's like every three years, they would deliver a box of you know the new Office software. Um, and what they realized is that it didn't give them a chance to, to iterate and to improve along the way where customers are getting value. They have to wait every three years before they get something that was new or that was beneficial. And you have new products like you know Google Docs that's coming along where they're online based so they're able to quickly iterate. Yep. Um, they want to compete with that. And so they then had Office 365 where they're able to push software um, and then it provided the customers in a much more quick fashion, a much more iterative fashion. They hear about an issue. They're able to make an update and push it, and the customer gets it a lot in a lot quicker manner. So, so that's kind of the the, the, the idea of the benefit of an agile approach versus a waterfall approach is that you are able to get deliver value to your customers quicker. You're able to get their feedback. You're able to iterate, improve, make improvements, give them more value. And so it in, 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 in allows you to have a better relationship with the customer because it's a more substantiated relationship.
0: Well, and I guess it also gives you the ability to have more relevancy because right. if right. if you are working on a long-term strategy and what you had decided was prioritization, then by the time you release it two, three years later, or, or you implement it two or three years later, yeah. those same priorities may not be applicable. Exactly. And, and you have so define that scope that you've not been able to adapt to that through the scrum uh sessions and and processing that how do you avoid micromanagement uh when you're when you're doing sprint planning when you're doing these processes uh because you you mentioned project management and how it has some of those capacities because that's kind of how it's designed right right how does this avoid that
1: yeah so i think with within scrum and just avoiding micromanagement is that Really, the key is is self-organization within the team. Mm-hmm. So you're making, you're empowering the team to know that they have a voice. They have, they're, you're, you're telling them what this is. What we need to de- develop as far as um, what's going to be the value. That's really the product owner is going to bring 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 that what to the team. Yeah. But the team is going to figure out the how. They're going to figure out how best can they deliver the value that's being asked, you know, of them. And so with that, they feel empowered to make decisions. They feel empowered to implement best practices that they feel are going to be beneficial. They feel empowered to Look for opportunities to bring efficiency to to something or, or to a process that the customer is dealing with. And so, the, when the team feels empowered, they feel like they have a voice. They feel like they have the capabilities to be able to uh, to express and solve um, creative, creatively, creatively um, challenging problems. Sure. Then they they feel bought in, and and that that's really the key is that the team feel bought, feels bought in and delivers their best work. So if you have a, a
0: t- essentially breaking that out is if you have a team that's bought into the process or bought into the vision yeah. micromanagement kind of falls by the wayside anyway.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean it's, and then also uh, another difference is within um from, from traditional software development is the is really the team is incentivized to deliver together uh, versus yep, yep. Uh, traditional software development is really could be individualized. It's like you you know I, I did my lines of code, I'm good. More so within the agile approach is is the whole team. We want to get together and meet our whole sprint goal. So I could have done my work, but if we fail our sprint goal, then we haven't been successful as a team, and the team takes that on takes that ownership on.
0: That's very interesting. Um, just to kind of go way off base with that, <laughs> yeah. one of the things in our organization we've been doing for several years is a is team goals. We have monthly right. team goals, and we either all win as a team or we all fail as a team. Yeah. Now there's individual contributions that will help towards that, but right. it's a it's a it's a, a a win or fail based off of the entire team, um, and it does create I think motion in the same direction. Right. Um, right. Uh, and what you just described just made me that it just kind of clicked with me is that's where some of that uh, that's where some of that success has been because mm-hmm. it requires everybody to be bought into that, not just one person that says I don't care what you guys do I'm gonna it's all about me. Yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> I
1: love I love team goals. Now, I, and I think that, you know, like you said, that that allows folks to be bought in as far as what everyone else is doing. So it's not it's not just about what I'm doing, but how can I help the other the other team member be successful oh, yeah. so that we can meet our goal together? Um, because we all have to get across the finish line for us to. you know, it's a relay. We all got to get across the finish line. We all have to have to have our play our part
0: when you're. When you're working on projects, when you're managing these teams, or not necessarily managing teams, because that's one of the points that you brought up earlier is you don't really have direct management of this. It's, it's a, it's a working with, right? Right. Right. What kind of tools are you guys using to stay connected, to stay on the same page? Is there a a piece of software that you're using? Is it just a a certain type of communication? What does that look like uh, that you've seen? Maybe some good examples that have worked well and some that have not worked so well.
1: Yeah, yeah. So within within teams, uh, a lot of teams use um, as far as within enterprise uh, software development, a lot of teams are using something like Jira or there's a Rally, and the, you know there are other project management or not really I mean agile yeah. management tools. Sure. Um, but even in as far as just um, your everyday, I might use something like a Trello board to be able to track different things that I'm working on, and and I, and I really look at just kind of relating um, relating um, agile and, and just in the process to everyday life. Like for me, for instance, I'll use a Triller board and I will have things that my wife may want to done around the house. I treat her Let's as... put that on the, the back I, burner. Put, not, <laughs> <laughs> but but I'll I, I treat her as my product owner at times. And I'll say, okay, gotcha. these are the things that you want. Help me prioritize what's most important. Um, okay, I understand what the priorities are. this is this is what I can get done. can't get this done because it's gonna take all weekend and I'm just imagining you know. <laughs> this conversation right now it's. <laughs> but I'm just but that's a that's a really real life example of how even just at the simplest level of a relationship with with you know two parties, you can be able to think in an agile manner and be able to manage those things in a you know in a way that allows you know it allows me to create a freedom because I can be able to to do what I think is is effective. but then also, she she gives input as far as what's uh, important to her. So. Gotcha. Um, are you a a fan of uh, loose format
0: or more strict formats through the Agile Manifesto? Yeah. So
1: loose format. Describe that. What are, uh describe that a little bit more as far as? Um, I guess uh, from the 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 base of the question, are you do you have specific
0: things that you're trying to uh, stay on track with, or is it? more wide open that you're allowing people to kind of navigate that as they go?
1: Yeah. So I, I think it, at the core within, within agile, um, is you want it to be a lightweight framework. You want it to be, you want it to be a lightweight framework and then you want to allow teams to be the freedom to be able to help and, and to be able to, uh, to figure out how is it, how are they best going to be able to deliver software? And so part of that, there are some things within the framework, you know, let's say within scrum, there are some things that are Definitely, we're gonna have different with Scrum. They call their meeting ceremonies. So we're gonna have our different meetings, our, our different okay. Scrum ceremonies. We're gonna have the daily Scrum. That's not a that's not up for debate. So that's uh, sure. that something we're gonna have. Where we're gonna have our retrospectives. We're gonna have the sprint planning. So there are some things that you that you do want to reinforce and make sure are done and done properly. Okay. But then, uh, as far as like you, know, you want to be able to allow teams to be to have creative to have creativity within how they're delivering software as well. So you, we're not when we're, you know, you don't want to be as rigid as far as, you know, my, my role is not to be to come and tell them exactly what to do and to dictate to them, but it's more so to help them figure out what's the best um, approach for them, for that team. Because really every team is different. Yep. Um, and so and there's there's some things that I've, that I've seen that work tremendously well with some teams and that other teams, they might not, it might not work quite as well with them. So I have to, even as a scrum master or as I'm coaching as an agile coach, I have to take a step back and, and observe that team and, and figure out what, what is it that's going to be effective for that team.
0: Here's a question for you based off of
1: kind of the discovery process.
0: Uh, how do you, when you're asking for ideas and input, you're going through this whole discovery process. Is there a, is there a way to set, uh, to say, okay, well, these are some of the ideas that have come up and how do you prioritize them or put some on the back burner without kind of discouraging Thought and input.
1: Yeah, so I think one thing is you want to make sure that everyone has a voice. All ideas are valuable. Um, they might not all be actionable. They might not all be. They might not all result in something that you actually may do. But I think within within creating ideas within a you know a, a brainstorming or or type mm-hmm. a design thinking type session where you're trying to think creatively, I think you want to be able to allow there to be the creative thought where people are able to throw out whatever idea. It may be, even if it seems outlandish, they're able to throw it out yeah. and propose it um, and it's not get shot down immediately because when you do that, then and that cause people to, to restrict and, and, sure. to, uh, and to not, not want to, to suggest things because they fear embarrassment or whatever, whatever the case may be. But
0: if you have a hundred ideas that are thrown yeah. out on the board, how are you prioritizing, you know, we're going we're gonna to tackle these or these are the ones that are, more, are, are prioritization. How are, we, how are you determining that through the process?
1: Yeah, so if it's, if, if it's within a, uh, if you're talking about like within software development, that aspect, sure. then then usually the product owner is the one that, that owns the the prioritization of those ideas. Okay. So um, they're looking and they're working with customers, the customer base. They're, um, they may have ideas because they're typically a domain expert, so they have ideas as well. But they're really looking as far as what's going to be most beneficial to the customer. And so they're helping to narrow those down. Um, if it's some things such as best practices, where the development team is trying to figure out what best practices they want to support, then that's going to be one of those things where they, where, where, the, amongst themselves, they're working to try to figure out, you know, what, how does the team want to deliver in a best practice manner? Um, if it's uh talking about an organization and you're looking and you're having a ton of ideas that, as far sure. as how can we improve the organization, yeah. then um, I, I think there, you know, what I've seen successful is a voting system where you have folks. Vote, but it's more so you're voting without the the um, the knowing whose idea it is. Like you want to you want to take it and make it anonymous as far as the idea, who who came up with the idea. Yeah, you 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 told me about an yeah. exercise the, the other day.
0: Walk through that process because I think that's very valuable. I think okay. people can apply that easily.
1: Yeah. So um so one of my one of my companies, we did a, a team retrospective for a large group. Um, so it might have been you know fifty, sixty people in the room. Uh, and the question was posed, how can we improve this group? How can we improve the company as far as yep. the work that we're doing? Yep. So everyone has an index card. We write down ideas. You, know, you have one idea or, or one thing that you can write that you want to improve in this particular setting. Yeah. Um, and then what we do is we walk around. We pass the cards, pass the cards, pass the cards. Take a few seconds to do that. So shuffle you the shuffle cards them up. within yeah. the people. Within the people. Okay. So you, know, you all, everyone ends up with a different card, someone's idea that they don't know the person. Uh, and, don't, and and all they are able to do is just judge the idea. You judge it one through five with um, one being why in the world did this person put this on this card yep. to five being, man, this is the best thing in the world. We need to do it. Um, and so and then you you do that and you do it maybe five times and shuffle it around each time you're shuffling it around. Uh, and then at the fifth time, you, tabu- you, you tabulate the score, you yep. add it up. Um, and then you, you talk about you have a, a priority stack of the ideas that the folks in the room think are the most impactful. And yeah. so you can, you can further discuss those with the people in the room, or you can kind of take those to yourselves and kind of see what, what, what's the, what do you want to, what actions can come out of those ideas.
0: So I, when you explained that to me, it was, it was really eye opening because we've done similar type of things within our organization, except we did it where everybody knew what the ideas were and everybody voted on it yeah. more in a public manner. So uh, you know, here recently there was a couple of ideas that were thrown on the board and then everybody got a voting, you know, basically votes to do that. And there was, um, I, there was, uh, um, uh, a popularity contest right. at a point there was, yeah. there was people that were, were people <laughs> in the room that were really, really, uh, uh, politicking for one yeah. of the ideas to have, have a higher level of relevance. Yeah. So, which has worked very well in the past for us, it's, it 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 helps to bring up those uh, prioritization levels. But in this method, it's anonymous, right? And it's not being influenced. Exactly. That is, I think that's a key factor. I think both have their place. Yeah. Yeah. We've yeah. we've had success, but the the anonymous side, where it's not uh, there's there's a lot of unknowns with it, is very valid because you get each person's you know, true understanding of of how this is important, uninfluenced. Right. Uh, so that's something that I think every business owner can utilize. If you have a team of three or you have a team of 300, there's ways to apply those, those things to understand what needs to be fixed within an organization, uh, by, I mean, I would be hard to manage that with 300 people in a room, Good grief, but, (laughs) but breaking down in a small group. So you have the ability to process that information very easily. Cool. So a couple of the takeaways I think from our conversation today is, one, uh, if, if you're going to go down this method of being agile, it is uh, understanding that you're looking for short iteratives, iter- 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 however you say that, uh, so that you can you can update and change and then produce something in a short time frame to see what works. Right. Fail right. fast was right. the term that you used. Um, also give everybody a voice uh, when you're going through the process to get everybody to have uh, their ability to buy in and then when those problems come up or, or when they're going in that direction they all have buy in for that. Anything you would like to add on to that?
1: Yeah, I, I think um I think those that's a summarizes it great um very well. I think also the aspect of um just the being able to have short iterations it brings value to the to the customer or whatever you're doing quicker. You want quick feedback um which is the the basis. Is really you want wanna have iterations that you can have quick feedback so that you're able to, to continuously improve. So I think that's the last thing I would add is just continuous improvement where you're not staying the same. Um, businesses that stay the same get stagnant and yeah. typically there's gonna be someone in the market place that's gonna come and surpass them. So within businesses you look for to be able to continually improve, continuously improve, continuously to be innovative, um, and then you're able to to continuously, uh, I guess, provide value to your customers.
0: Yeah, always improving. Yeah, I, I will say this, uh, the big thing that I'm taking away from, from this type of conversation, or one of the things that we picked up from earlier is get the people in the room that are involved in the process. Now that is, I think a lot of times there's conversations that, uh, groups of people come together and they try to fix a process that they've right. never got. They, they don't have any direct feedback on. Yeah. Very true. They may have a really great perspective on it, but bringing one person or two people in that are actually doing that process on a daily basis can completely revolutionize that conversation and give that feedback, um, and, and really kind of collaborate together on it. So I think that's one of the big things I learned from, from this, uh, this process and conversation. So very cool, Nick, thank you very much for your time. Um, and, and all of the information that you shared, I know that it's very valuable to our audience, uh, based off of the feedback that we've gotten, it's, it's something that everybody deals with prioritization, understanding right. what to work on, and then how can we stay in motion for improvement rather than just talk about it and let it sit stagnant. Cause that's, that's yeah. the, the, uh, the downside of all that. So thank you very much for that conversation. I think based off of some of the feedback we get from this episode, we'll have to come back and, uh, answer more questions and, uh, and, and expand upon it a little more. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I would love to. Thanks for having me, Chad. I really appreciate
0: it. Yeah. If this is your first time watching or listening, we have tons of episodes available. We, uh, over a year's worth of episodes out there right now. You can check them all out at lockdoc.net slash podcast. If you haven't already subscribe, if you're on iTunes, give us a five star rating. It'll help get uh, this information out to other people. Share it on social media if you are so, uh, feel so inspired to Um, and, let other people know that this information is available. It's on every podcast platform. You can find the video version on YouTube, Facebook, uh, and on Periscope. It's all there available for it. Just search L-O-C-D-O-C-I-N-C. And uh, we are excited to have another episode every Tuesday at 9 a.m. on all of those platforms. So we look forward to seeing you then on the next episode of the Coffee Break Podcast. To learn more about the topics discussed today and to connect with us online to hear all of the episodes available, visit LockDoc.net slash podcast.
1: We got so much to say, we got a podcast to make, we're sipping on lattes and it's time for a coffee break, it's time for a coffee break,
0: oh, oh. The Coffee Break Podcast is brought to you by LockDoc Security. We'd love to connect with you online on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Just search L-O-C-D-O-C-I-N-C.